Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay. Talk Recorded live. Good evening and welcome. This is Brooke Volk, your host and assistant writer to Ken Vernon, the inspired author of the book and ebook Revelation of Revelation, a total fraud. What you're about to hear on this episode of Revelation of Revelation has never been revealed before now in audio format. We invite you to listen now as we introduce the program topic on this one-of-a-kind program where it is the scripture speaking the truth through the in-depth scripture studies of Ken Vernon. And now the author, Ken Vernon, and this episode's Revealed Truth Explained. Good evening, Ken. Good evening, Brooke. And good evening, everyone. We welcome you and thank you for joining us tonight. As I'm sure you've seen, the program advertises the kingdom of heaven is like unto ten virgins. The reason you will find this heading here a little different from what you normally come to hear is the fact that most of the programs, most of the commentaries, the hundreds and thousands of them on the Internet, have listed this particular narrative as a parable. But... If you examine it carefully, examine the passage very carefully, at the beginning of chapter 25, you will discover that it does not say it's a parable. I have a few questions before I bring in tonight. Have you ever been told that the measure of your Holy Spirit is what determines how much oil you have in your lamp? Or, have you ever been told that the number of times you do Bible study in a week, that also determines the amount of oil that's in your lamp? Or, I have even been told the number of times and how long I pray. That also determines the number of oil, the amount of oil in my lamp. Well, If you, like me and millions of others, have ever been told that you and I can absolutely do something to increase the oil in our lamps so that when the Messiah comes, we won't have a problem with our lamps going out. If you ever have heard those words, tonight I bring you a different picture. One, right from the pages of your Bible. So if you've got your Bible handy, follow along with me. I will begin, excuse me, in, in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25, and verse 1. Here is what's written there. 
Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Verse 2 tells us five of them were wise and five of them were foolish, simply because the wise took extra oil for their lamps, but the foolish ones did not. Well, at this juncture, I say, all ten of them were deceived. And as I go through this program, you will see why right from the pages of your Bible. Here is why. The Messiah, in Luke 17 and verse 20, had this to say to the Pharisees who questioned him about the kingdom. Here I quote, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation. In verse 21, the passage reads, Neither shall they say, Lo here or lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. How do you like that? Written in your Bible. The kingdom of God is within you. Here's the first pointed question. How can the kingdom of God be within us when the Messiah told us to pray for the kingdom to come? Confusion? Of course. But stay tuned, stay with us, and the confusion will go away very quickly. In verse 23, we find another quote from the Messiah, allegedly. It reads as follows. And they shall say to you, see here or see there. Go not after them. Here comes verse 24 from the Messiah himself. For as the lightning that lighteneth out of the one part on the heaven shineth unto the other part on the heaven, so shall also the Son of Man be in his day. Not at midnight, but at daytime event. This is a highly visible event around the world. From the scriptures we learned no need to go searching or waiting for the kingdom to for the Messiah to come because you don't have to do that. Let's look for some more answers. Right from your Bible once again. <clears throat> Sorry. This misinformation has been sitting in our Bibles from the day we were born. Actually, for generations before us. Even more than a millennia. Let's begin with the most obvious question. Who is responsible for this incredibly disgusting sequence of lies? All the scriptures and passages I brought to you above indicates the Messiah is responsible for them. They all appear in red. If you have a red letter Bible, you will see for yourself that according to the gospel writer or the translators, wherever the Messiah had something to say, it is rendered in red. Well, 
that's another one of those cruel hoaxes that we have fallen victims to, all of us, no exceptions. Let me continue. Since we know our Creator cannot lie, we can only conclude that this, once again, is the work of the people who are responsible for all the trash we find in our Bibles. I call them charlatans. Some people are offended by the use of that word, but the Creator calls them liars in Proverbs 30 and verse 6, where he says, Add thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. Here we have our Bibles showing us a number of fraudulent passages within a few verses. Let's sift them out. The Messiah returns Messiah returns with the clouds of heaven. Book of Daniel and other books of the Old Testament clearly show that to us show that to us. From the book of the prophet Joel, we find the following words in chapter two and verse one. Blow ye the trumpet in Zion, and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord cometh, for it is nigh at hand. A King James rendering, of course. In other words, the coming of the kingdom is a highly visible event. Verse 2. A day of darkness, continuing from Joel. Excuse me, and of gloominess, a day of thick clouds and of thick darkness. Do you see that? That is a visible event around the world. There will be darkness and clouds. That passage is in harmony with the Messiah's words in the New Testament in several places. Here, let me share some of them with you. Matthew 24 and verse 27, Messiah said to his disciples, For as the lightning cometh out of the east, and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Line upon line, once again, precept upon precept, we establish the truth, we do not volunteer an interpretation of the Scriptures as the 600,000 commentaries or so that I've found on the Internet. Trying to explain the meaning of the narrative of the ten virgins, which they erroneously call a parable. Look in your Bibles again, and you will see the word parable is not written anywhere in that passage. Messiah told his disciples, he spoke to the people the crowds and parables to hide the meaning of his message, not to reveal it. If this was a parable, then so many would understand it, they would not need to place their own interpretation on it. Messiah also told the believers of his day to continue in his word. And, <clears throat> excuse me once again, end of my flu, sorry about that. Continuing his words, and they would come to the place of the knowledge of the truth. 
That single passage from Matthew 25, telling us about the ten virgins going out to watch for the kingdom of heaven to arrive, is obviously completely out of step with all the other passages in the scriptures. <clears throat> Sorry, one more time. The coming kingdom of God is first a very Hebrew event, and secondly, a global one. Messiah returns to the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem, not to the Vatican or to any other religious organization on the face of this earth. That narrative of the Ten Virgins, where we find the Messiah allegedly telling us the call came at midnight, is obviously one of the most damnable lies in this passage. Because those passages clearly show that this is not a midnight event. It begins bright and early. In Matthew 24 and verse 36, once again, he says, <laughs> not a fraudulent passage, but of that day and hour, no man knows. No, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Confusion? You bet that's confusion. And you know who's the author of confusion. That's Satan himself. If you don't have all the pertinent information, you will be confused. Did the Messiah lie? Of course not. We know that's not possible. We are told in Hebrews 6 and verse 18 that the Creator cannot lie. Now let's look at Zechariah 14. And verse 7, and here's what we learn there. The Lord, if you read it for yourself, the Lord only knows that day when he is returning. If you recall all the scriptures that says, not even the Son, but the Father only, there is your passage from Zechariah, that makes that obviously clear to you that those passages are false. As I mentioned previously, continuing in his word brings us to the place of the knowledge of the truth as he promised his believers. From those scriptures, we can see very clearly that the narrative of the ten virgins is another hoax perpetrated by the people who have practiced fear-mongering throughout the pages of our New Testament. The Ten Virgins narrative is just another one of them. Here is another observation for you. In verse 13 in that narrative, he allegedly says, Watch therefore, for you know not the day or the hour. But he previously said the call came at midnight. <laughs> Do you see that? Is midnight not an hour? Everyone would agree that midnight is an hour, an hour of the night, midnight. So twice in this narrative, the writer contradicts himself in attention, in addition to all the lies that he tells elsewhere. Now, 
I have a few comments to make. It is obvious, once again, that the people who not only translated the New Testament works were guilty of actually unwittingly aiding and abetting the people who are responsible for perpetrating these fraudulent passages. Think of all the people over the years who have been told in their going to church services that if they are not praying enough or studying enough, their supply of the Holy Spirit would dwindle and they will not have enough oil for their lamps. I know. I have been told that more than once. As a youngster, I remember those things very clearly. So tonight, what we have brought you is a very simple rendering of the scriptures that are found in your Bible, that the entire narrative of the ten virgins is nothing but a hoax. If you have been living your life with your in your walk of faith, being fearful that you are going to lose your salvation because there isn't enough oil in your lamps, throw the baggage out. Time to start living your life without that fear that's been perpetrated upon us all in the Christian community. I know, I was one of them. The people who would use fear to control us, to make us do those things they want us to do. Not one of them. In all those interpretations that they give for the oil in your lamps, could find any of that nonsense written anywhere in the scriptures. Nowhere in the scriptures does it say we can go to the salvation well, all by ourselves, and get some more Holy Spirit. The Spirit is given in measure to different people. All are not the same. The Creator has a plan that He has worked out for all the first fruits. Where, as another parable tells us in the New Testament, some will receive two cities, some will receive ten cities, some will receive much more. Based upon His plan, not our plan. So, once again, your walk of faith should not be a walk of fear. You will not lose your salvation. Creator tells us that it is He who is working out our salvation in time according to His will. We cannot work out our salvation. The passage from Philippians that tells you to work out your salvation with fear and trembling is actually a mistranslation. The Apostle Shaul to the church in Philippi simply said to the people in writing that letter to them because he was no longer in their in their company, he said, continue doing the things that you were doing when I was with you. It does not say, work out your own salvation with fear 
and trembling. Once again, passages actually changed, changed by the people who insist on using fear, fear <clears throat> so that you can come to services and do all those things that you do when you come to services where they control you. And on that note, I will go back to Brooke tonight. And thank you, Ken, for this evening's special message brought to you from the scriptures. For those who wonder how long Ken has been a scholar of the Bible and his background, as we completed just a few weeks ago, another year of 2016, I'm going to ask Ken just to give us a synopsis of you mentioned a little boy or your youngster times or your youth. Give us a little background and to how you got to where you are today. Okay. I was born to parents who were members of the Methodist Church. So needless to say, I grew up in the Methodist Church like most of the other religious people in the world, whether you were born a Baptist or a Roman Catholic, I was born into the church, one might say, just like everyone else. Throughout my years, my early years, up until my mid-teens, I diligently went to church every Sunday. Sometimes, as a member of the Boys' Brigade, on the first Sunday of every month, I had to go to church three times. Not to mention only, even in my earlier years, I had to go to Sunday school every Sunday. Well, most of my friends were off having a good time on Sunday. I didn't like that. I did not like any part of my upbringing in the Methodist Church. When I got to be in my middle teens, and as I approached my later teens, I just absolutely walked away from the church. Didn't make my parents happy. Didn't make anyone happy. But I walked away because I said, I have had enough of this. As a matter of fact, I had an experience on Good Friday where I fainted in a hun- fainted in a hundred and five degree heat, and fell on my face and broke a tooth. That did not sit well with me. So you can see that my early walk with the Bible, based upon my belonging to the Methodist body, was not a happy one. So I walked away. I would have nothing more to do with any of the church. It wasn't until 1978, when I was 40 years old, I heard a broadcast from, don't remember this guy, I think his name was Hal Lindsey now, with a program about the late great planet Earth. And then there was later a movie on it, I think. And I said to myself at the time, hmm, this is very interesting. 
the Messiah is coming back to this earth in my lifetime, and I don't know that. I'm a Christian. Shame on me. That's when I picked up my Bible again. That walk took me into a membership on the, in the Worldwide Church of God, where I remained for the next 14 years, observing all the Jewish festivals, keeping what I thought was a Sabbath day, and doing all those things that made me seem to be a Jew. Which I'm not. I simply followed the law of Moses in error. Later, correction came to that congregation, and that's when the whole world just seemed to have a radical change, like a mighty earthquake. I left that body. I walked away. I would have nothing more to do with any religious organization. That's when my Bible study took off. That's when my Bible learning took off. Shortly after I did that, I discovered that I was worshiping the wrong deity. Right from the pages of my Bible that I was now studying, I discovered the errors that I was making. And once I made those corrections, ha, ah, it was a house on fire. My learning has simply taken flight, and it is still in flight. Every day, I learn something new from the Scriptures. Tonight's program, I brought to you before, but from another angle. Clearly showing, right from the Scriptures, that there's no such thing as ten virgins that can be compared to the kingdom of heaven. They're all basically lies. And that's been my walk from my childhood until this very moment here where I sit, 68 years old, <clears throat> some almost 40 years later from the time I returned to the Bible. I never departed again. Back to you, Brooke. Thank you, Ken. <clears throat> A great synopsis. A great bio of his early years his middle years, and right up to this present moment. I wanted to get the listeners a little bit of feeling of where we come from. In 1987, I joined that church that Ken mentioned, and that was the Worldwide Church of God, the Worldwide Church of God. It was out of Pasadena, California. That's a name that you might recognize, and they sure had a lot of members, and now it is as if it never was. It's amazing how things that are so grand and wealthy and rich have been made into memories only. Give another decade or two, and it'll be very faint memories at all, other than the children that were in the congregation of that church, they have some memories. But until that generation is gone, there'll be no memory anymore of that large, worldwide church. That may have happened to your church or to your local congregations in your local towns and local USA and around the globe. And all the things that you thought once were really book-learned gospel 
crumbled and maybe sent you off seeking for the answers elsewhere, and that's how you came across these programs. And of course, you've seen, if you haven't, the website revelationofrevelation.com. You can go there, read more about what we are about, and send comments directly to Ken. He will be happy to answer you. And for the book, Revelation of Revelation, A Total Fraud, look for it at your most favorite online bookstores and or ebook. And that is tonight's program. And we thank you for joining with us. And we look forward again when we can talk to you direct and have it archived here on the talk show format for your any time of day or night's listening enjoyment. When you can ask questions and have them answered right here on a live program that's later archived. So give that a try. And to our next episode, this is Brooke Folk on behalf of Ken Vernon, your host on this evening's program, saying stay and bye for our next episode. There are many episodes that you can read and you can rather also listen to on the archives. I know there's probably, what, 70, 80 maybe more uh, episodes. Remember, until next episode, enjoy your, well, Northeast winter season, and we have springtime messages coming your way. Good night. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.